from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. What do you take? What do you grab if you have 10 minutes to get out of your house? Or if you're being told the most you can have is a backpack? I, I don't want to say hopeless because there's always got to be hope. And so then this, uh, this money you're raising, this sort of meets their immediate physical needs as they're on the run and have not yet gotten to a point of placement. Exactly. And, you know, it is, it's people's lives. That's how you save people's lives. I'm Sarah Fenske. With the withdrawal of U.S. troops and the fall of the Afghan government, Afghanistan is in a state of crisis. Thousands of Afghans have fled the country, some on flights to the U.S., many more on foot. More than a half million Afghans have already been displaced by violence in the country. More will likely join them. The U.N. Refugee Agency plays a key role in assisting refugees around the world. And joining us now to share more about that work and how you can help is Liberty Vittert. She's a professor at Washington University and a board member for the U.S. arm of the U.N. Refugee Agency. So, Liberty, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So this situation in Afghanistan, so many of us are, are feeling so worried about it. And you're at, in a position where you've said you're hearing from dozens of Afghans every day. What are they telling you as they reach out? You know, it's a, it is sort of a heartbreaking situation. Every day I will get dozens of emails from different you know, people that I say, you know, I met them in 2017 at some event or 2016 um, who, are, who are desperate to get out. I have, I have an emails back and forth with a, a woman, an Afghan woman, who her whole role has been in helping women in government in Afghanistan over the past 20 years. And she can't get out, and she's in fear for her life. She's in fear for her family's life, and it is a it is a heartbreaking situation to think that people are having to reach out to you know random people that they might have met five years ago, begging really for for protection. Yeah, I mean that that's terrible. And and here you are, you do have this. You're random, but you also have this connection, and that you're a board member um, for this U.S. arm of the UN Refugee Agency. Is there anything you can do at this point for people? As individuals because of that position? I think, you know, I am not able to do anything for people, uh, for, you know, individuals. I can only, I can only come on and talk to you and ask, you know, so many people and so many, I know, St. Louisans who really want to help and people are desperate to figure out how to help. The situation is, I, I don't want to say hopeless because there's always got to be hope, but it is a it is a debilitating situation. And really the, the best thing that I can do is ask, ask people, ask Americans um, to help and in whatever way that they can. So these Americans who are setting up Pineapple Express and these other efforts to do this as individuals fly planes in, you're not doing that. What you're doing is raising money. You know, the UN, uh, UNHCR, UN Refugee Agency, has been around since 1950, and their mandate is to help people, refugees and asylum seekers, who are forced, being forced outside of their country because they fear persecution. And this is what we've been doing for 70 years. And really, there is no faster way to help or more expedient way to help people than to donate to UNHCR. Um, it is, they are on the ground, they are there, and they are helping. 
and we have really expedient ways to help um, to help people who are in the most desperate of need. So if that's all the sales pitch you need, we want to let you know the way that you could donate to that effort, you can go to unrefugees.org and you can make your, your donation right there. If you're curious to hear more, Liberty, tell us a bit about some of these expedient ways that this agency is helping. You know, I think what's really important to understand is that people really do leave with the clothes that are on their back. They are doing anything they can to get out. And you know, just imagine yourself. What do you take? What do you grab if you have 10 minutes to get out of your house? Or if you're being told the most you can have is a backpack? Um, you know, certainly people need food, but they need shelter. They need water. They need sanitation. You know, sort of these core things that we just don't even think about. And one of the ways we we work is we really identify what is most necessary for these people. Um, So that's everything from a donation of $10 that will give a sanitary kit so that women can have access to sanitary napkins and to toilet paper. Or a $73 donation gives you a core relief pack to a family, which are blankets, sleeping mats, a way to cook food and and sanitize water. Um, Or for example, a $430 donation actually gives an emergency shelter kit, which would be a a tent that will house an entire family. You know, if you, you just imagine yourself, what do you grab when you leave? And what would you need for, for, you know, basic, basic survival and dignity um, while you have to restart your entire life? So there's been a lot of attention paid to the Afghans who've been able to get these flights coming to the U.S., and and that's great, and and we're hoping to welcome a lot of them here in St. Louis. But I imagine that's just a very small percentage of what we're talking about when we're talking about the the Afghan refugee situation. Do we have a sense of of where most of them are ending up or or the various um, options that are there for people who aren't getting on those flights to the U.S.? You know, I think one of the most important distinctions that isn't really happening is, uh, you know, the difference between a refugee, between a SIV, a special visa holder. Um, You know, the people that are getting on the flights are the ones who helped America over the past 20 years. They were the translators. They were the linguists on the ground in the front lines. But you have hundreds of thousands of other people who are journalists other media professionals, um, people who were perceived to support the former government, uh, women and children, 80% of these displaced people are women and children, and they are not getting those coveted seats on these airplanes. And so the crisis is just so much bigger than we even can imagine because you have hundreds of thousands and what will, will very likely be millions of people who are in fear for their life from, from the Taliban but do not have a way to get one of those coveted seats on a plane to America and are going to have to go through the entire asylum-seeking process. They're going to have to go to Iran. They're going to have to go to Pakistan. They're going to have to get out of Afghanistan any way they can, um, really out of out of fear. But their America is not going to be able to help them except through the UN. And so then this uh, this money you're raising, this sort of meets their immediate physical needs as they're on the run and have not yet gotten to a point of placement. Exactly. And, you know, you know, it's, it's providing with emergency shelter kits, with tents, with food, um, with sanitary napkins. But there's a much bigger crisis that happens once you, you know, the, the fear and the, the incredible journey just to get out of Afghanistan is one thing. But then once you get to Pakistan and Iran, 
you don't have a home. Mm-hmm. You know, Iran and Pakistan aren't affording to be able to put people up in houses and apartments. You move into a refugee camp and you will be in a tent and you will be living in the refugee camp while you're applying for asylum and while you are waiting to get placed somewhere. You have no idea where you're going. You hope your whole family is needed out, but you need to have food, you need to have water, you need to have basic health. Um, while you're living in these camps and you know you're not a citizen of these other countries so you can't work um, you may not even speak the language so there's there's sort of a there's the immediate you know let's get out of here but then once you're out there's this whole other crisis that then occurs hmm. so this is part of such a bigger picture do we have any sense of how many uh, people are currently living in refugee camps across the world I think that's one of the things, you know, you know, Afghanistan right now is in the news cycle and it's, you know, it is it is a heart-wrenching thing to watch, but at some point, you know, you got to there's there's so many crises going on mm-hmm. around the world. You have Yemen, Syria, Venezuela, Myanmar, South Sudan. You know, there are 80 million forcibly displaced people around the world. 25 million of them have already been termed refugees living in camps around the world. Sometimes people have been living in camps for multiple generations and are not able to be placed somewhere. And, you know, I think probably one of the most striking aspects of this to me is that 35 million of these people are children. Hmm. And, you know, when you really just, you can't fathom it, these 35 million children who've been living in, living in fear, living without a home, um, you know, just sort of hoping that at some point they are going to be able to live somewhere safe. And so for the Afghan side of things alone, you guys are trying to raise $400 million. I mean, that's obviously a lot of money. How are you doing in that effort? So we're about halfway there, so we have a long way to go. And really, this is just money to get people to safety, to basic basic safety. Um, this isn't for, you know, long term. This is this is an immediate, immediate need. And you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you have a huge budget in UNHCR. Why don't you take some of the money and put it into it? But again, you know, every time you take money from the pot, you're taking it away from someone else. So really, the only thing we can count on is people, their hearts and their minds, wanting to help others. And we really have to count on the generosity of, of humanity. So that website, if you feel led to give, that's unrefugees.org. Liberty, I have to wonder, I mean, you're a professor at Wash U. We've had you on to talk before about how political polls are wrong. How did you end up getting involved with this effort uh, to help refugees? You know, it's been a, it's been a lifelong uh, cause for me and a, a, my my. My family's been very involved in the refugee um, space for a long time, so I grew up at the dinner table of my father telling me how important it was um, to support other people and what it would feel like if you you were forced to leave your home. Um, if your government turned on you, if you were scared for your life, what do you do? Where do you go? And really just sort of how lucky we are to live in the United States where we don't have these problems. I mean, we are we are so incredibly lucky that it is so important to give back in any way that we can to people who aren't so lucky. Um, so it is, a, it is an honor to serve on this board. So this is a side interest of yours. For the people who are there full-time working for the UN, are they still on the ground now in Afghanistan as as everybody diplomats and, and military people are all pulling out. You know, that's that's the that's the hard part, right? So UNHCR staff have to stay on the ground. It's the only way to help people. It's a really complicated situation over the past 70 years. Um, in general, if you worked for the UN, sort of 
people would leave you alone. You were safe. Um, mm -hmm. There was sort of like an almost a, a diplomatic, you know, n nothing would happen to you if you worked for the UN. But that's really changing now. And you're not safe just because you work for the UN. And there are many parts of Afghanistan where it is simply not safe for UN staff to go. And it means nobody is there helping these people who are desperately fleeing away from the government. So um, we, have a, we have a significant staff presence on the ground, but it's you got to take it day by day and decide whether it's it's safe to be anywhere. And there are many areas where we used to be where we are not able to be anymore. Historically, has there ever been a, a country you could point to where the UN just got out entirely? These kind of aid workers weren't able to be on the ground. Um, you know, Syria, there was a time in Syria, a time in Libya um, where people couldn't be there. But in general, you know, the the goal is to help, and the UNHCR staff that are around are some of the most dedicated people I have ever met. And um, they put themselves in harm's way and risk their lives every day uh, in order to help people. Hmm. So you're looking for another $200 million here to get to that $400 million goal. Again, that's a big need, um, but it sounds like this is just absolutely critical in light of the situation there in Afghanistan. It is a. It is. It is. It's people's lives. It's how you save people's lives, and it is beyond critical. And I think what's important to know is that you know your money is really going to these people, um, and that there are very tangible ways to give. You know, four hundred and thirty dollars for a shelter that will shelter an entire family for long, long periods of time, or seventy-three dollars for your core relief kit, or just you know give whatever you can. Ten dollars um, will give a really give dignity to someone with a sanitary kit. Well, Liberty Vittert, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and updating us on this situation. Thank you. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.